Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into the Friday edition of the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. And if you're not a member of that site, you're absolutely missing out. What are you waiting for? we got a big-time coaching search special going on right now, $25 for the entire year. No better time to sign up, join our community, going crazy on the message board. Great insight, great intel, great fellowship. That's the word I like to use. Great fellowship amongst fans. Give us a look. Auburn Live on 3, Coaching Search Special, $25 for a year. We've got coaching hot boards. We've got hot boards. We've got recruiting intel. We've got where the coaches are going. We got our, Even Jay has got his top five up this morning. Yeah. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, uh, Auburn Live on 3, Coaching Search Special, $25 for a year. Go, go sign up. Go check out all the intel that we have. Guys, welcome in to this week's edition of the Auburn Live Show. We've got Keith Niebuhr, Coach Pink, Mr. Jay Head. Fellas, how y'all doing? I'm doing, doing I'm fantastic right now. Just updated my Tinder status to say that oh. I'm busy for the next couple of months. Let's swipe right. The women are not happy. Has, has, North, has North Carolina hit you back yet? Mm. It's North Carolina. Who's in North Carolina? You didn't see the modcast yesterday? I did. Uh, <laughs> North Carolina's white ride on you, Keith. <laughs> yeah, I try to put some effort into something, try to give the people some real intel, and that's what I Yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> Fellas, a lot going on. Obviously, the coaching search, Cadillac Williams has been named interim head coach since our last recruiting show. A lot going on. We'll get to that in a little bit. This is the recruiting show, so we'll lead off with that. Keith, Cadillac Williams, we've been talking to recruits this week. He's reached out. He's been very active on the recruiting trail. Coles has some stories on that as well. Uh, big, big weekend coming up for Texas A&M, Auburn's last SEC home game of the season. And you had several names in a War Room Plus on Thursday. Keith, talk to us about it. Yeah, i got to look up the names, of course, but you're talking about <laughs> You're talking about a lot of big names. Now, now a lot of big-name kids are going to be in town, not this weekend. Obviously, Auburn's gone next weekend. And multiple five-stars from South Florida, multiple four-stars. Uh, the big one, obviously, Reuben Bain, the four-star edge from Miami Central. This will be a second game in Auburn this year. I mean, Auburn's still recruiting. And, in fact, we've been told they're recruiting harder now than they were even a week ago. But two five-stars of note will be in Jeremiah Smith, the number one receiver in the country for next year, and Josiah uh, – I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Josiah? It could be Josiah Trader, but he's another five-star receiver. Same team, Hollywood, Shamanah, Madonna, two five-star receivers in the 2024 class. Now, Jeremiah Smith's the number one receiver in the country for next year. They're Also, also their four-star quarterback is going to be there. Uh, and here's an interesting one, guys. An FIU commit is going to be there. FIU, okay, Florida International. It's a three-star quarterback. His name is Keon Jenkins. I think that's how you pronounce it. Guess where he's from, guys? Miami Central. Guess who he's really good friends with? Ruben, Ruben Bain, Bain and Stanquan Clark. Now, I've heard that he may even be, uh, there may be uh, like more than just friends. I mean, like these are very close friends. And uh, he's an undersized quarterback that's having a hell of a year. Miami Central is the number one team probably in the state of Florida. Well, there's a couple teams that are fighting for that. But Miami Central unbeaten, destroying everybody. And he's having a heck of a year. He's a transfer from Miami, Carroll City, which is right down the road. Now, Auburn does not have a quarterback committed in this class. The question is, do you take one just to take one? Now, he's a talented guy. He's just a little undersized, okay? I had somebody tell me this week that he's probably more of a complete quarterback than the guys that, that Auburn's played so far this year. So, you know, something to keep an eye on. Just a guy we've not talked about at all, a guy we haven't thought no. about at all. I don't know which direction Auburn's going to go, but that's an interesting visitor next Probably time. should have had him on my hot board this morning. Well, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. And the thing is, maybe, 
But, you know, you got all these four- and five-star guys coming next week, and he's kind of getting – his name sort of gets lost out there because he's only a three-star guy. But uh, supposedly an ultra-talented guy that, again, lacks a little bit on the, the height part. But uh, do, you, do you remember the last undersized quarterback that came out of that same high school, if I'm not mistaken? His last name was Denson. He signed with Auburn. Hmm. Courtney Denson. Ended up being a heck of a cornerback, if I remember correctly. Uh, now, I did ask about that. I said, should I put him as an athlete? And they said, no, he's a quarterback. So, he, I don't know if he's – Are we talking 5'8", or are we talking 6 foot? Well, I, he's listed at like 5'10". I've heard 5'11", 6 foot. But, you know, Kyler Murray's how tall? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. We start to see more of these smaller guys. But if you're going to be smaller, you better be super mobile. And so, I don't know. But anyway, it's just somebody to keep an eye on for next week. We don't know in which direction it's going to go. And what was his name? Keon Jenkins. Keon Jenkins. Keon Jenkins. Uh, Cole, after the firing of Brian Harson on Monday, went to see two five-star, in-state five-star guys, Quay Russell, James Smith, obviously two of the top guys on the overall board for not only Auburn, but for Alabama, Florida, Georgia, you name it. Uh, these guys are highly coveted by any many schools. Cole, I got Quay quick response on Monday. He said, man, it doesn't really affect me. Uh, Auburn's Auburn. You went to see him shortly thereafter. Was that kind of the vibe you got from him? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's kind of what I was expecting, to be honest, because I've talked to him so many times about why Auburn's in the picture and, and really – nothing against Brian Harson because he said, you know, him and Harson had a good relationship, but he never mentioned Harson. He mentioned Auburn. He mentioned the tradition of Auburn, the, you know, the game atmosphere, the, what he's grown up knowing about Auburn. So that's, that's the biggest factor for Auburn here. And is it big enough to overcome Alabama and Georgia and, you know, the top people on this list? I, I'm not sure. I, I, it's going to be difficult, like we say every time, but it, it is, it is a factor. There's no doubt it's a factor. And, and James, you know, he's a little bit different than Quay. Uh, but they do want to play together, and they, they are staying strong on that. They're staying strong on that down the stretch. So You lost, what, Eric Keesaw, you lost Brian Harson, you lost Brad Bedell, you lost De- uh, Drew Fabianich, you lost Darren Usher. Bigger loss than people are giving it credit for, for sure. And the, to me, with those guys, we're talking Ruben Bain, South Florida guys, mm-hmm. uh, Quay Russell, Rock Bell and Tony has been such an instrumental part in their recruitment. I think if he goes, at least before early signing day, man, those I dropped some percentages, man. Drew Fabianich was in on a lot of these guys, and a lot of these guys were hated to see that. But mm-hmm. Rock Bell and Tony is as important as the edge position is in this class. You lose him. And, man, you lose a lot of momentum, don't you, J-Head? A lot of momentum. Now, this is what I will say, and I want to first, let's, let's keep it in the vein of Rock Bellantoni and what he's done and the South Florida connections that he has. So we just talked about it, or Keith just talked about it. Lamar Seymour coming up next weekend, underrated wide receiver in my opinion. I have a higher grade on him than most. And I think Pitt has done a fantastic job of IDing wide receivers over the years. You know, they found guys like Larry Fitzgerald, the kid that's out at USC right now, obviously our best freshman wide receiver, they had yeah. committed from Camden Brown, and we see what his potential is. So Lamar Seymour, Stan Quan mm-hmm. Clark, big linebacker target, Reuben Bain, Edwin Joseph, now Keon Jenkins. You're talking about five guys that could all potentially be in this class if Rock Bellantoni is here through National Signing Day or the early signing day. I mean, to me, it's the National Signing Day because percent of all targets are locked up in December, or that's the stat that's been going so far. So Rock understands how to network. He understands how to work the coaches and the prospects in and of themselves and the influential people around those prospects that are making the decision. So I really think he is a very valuable part of this coaching staff and wasn't lauded as the recruiter that he's turned out to be when he first got hired. No doubt. I mean, Rock has been really great for this staff. So you hope that as a bridge piece at a minimum that he's maintained and kept on the trail and continues to sell Auburn. But let's talk about it because you guys started with it. Cadillac Williams named interim head coach and how he's able to sell Auburn by comparison to Brian Harson. Think about how much more genuine of a pitch that is. Coming from Carnell, Auburn changed his life completely. He's able to sell the education from there. He's able to sell the experience. He's able to sell what it's like when Auburn's right. When Brian Harson would try to sell Auburn, it probably, to a degree, knowing what his status was, all right, 
And every, every coach in America was telling these kids what his status was going to be. It probably felt disingenuous to a degree. Whether it was or it wasn't, it probably felt that way, right? With Carnell, it's not that way. And yeah. you feel the emphasis that they're putting on recruiting and how they're just selling Auburn. It's got to be so much of an easier pitch now to just sell Auburn and what it's done for us. And all these other Auburn recruiters that are on the staff, think about the guys that were promoted in a guy – uh, who's going to be helping him with offensive line now? Kendall Simmons, Jimmy Tra- Brumbaugh, Zach Etheridge, Trevon Reed, Trevon Reed, all of these Auburn people that are here just selling Auburn and the experience that they had and what Auburn can do for you if you'll buy into Auburn and love it back. So, just an absolute, a, a really great thing, in my opinion, to have promoted Cadillac to the interim head coach, an easier sell job in recruiting, and then. I'm going to be following because I don't have the connections that you guys have, but following the stories of, you know what I mean, how this pitch works and can we keep these fish on the hook long enough to get a new head coach in there? Because I don't know that you can seal the deal in the current situation, but can you keep them on the hook? That's the interesting aspect of this. A couple of thoughts here. One, Jay Hat has an incredibly clean kitchen. And two, oh, thank you. <laughs> and two uh, you know, who's your maid service, by the way? But anyway, you were really asked me that off camera. <laughs> now, two, you know, don't forget Cadillac Williams. What, what were his last few years at, at Auburn? 02, 03, 04, in that range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the kids we're writing about now, so that's 19, 20 years ago. How old were their parents when uh, right in college? About, they know who Cadillac Williams is, a lot of them. The football fans, they know who he is, okay? Uh, All-American at Auburn. NFC Rookie of the Year at the Tampa Bay Bucks. They know that, and that resonates with them as well. It's a cool thing for them mm-hmm. to be able to talk to Cadillac Williams. I mean, we've seen that with multiple people in the past. It is really cool to them. So, um, you know, he's able to sell that too, just that he's Cadillac Williams. And then you meet this guy, and, and Jeffrey and I have probably, and Cole, you've had interactions with him too. I don't know whether you have or not, Jay Ed, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to Auburn, okay? So I started covering Auburn in 2013. I didn't get to know Cadillac until he got there. I didn't know anything about him, all right? This guy is the most humble star I may have ever met, ever, okay? I've covered professional sports and not, not you know, whatever. I've, so many athletes. And this guy has less of an ego than a lot of the guys that Jeffrey, me, and Cole and Jay had worked with on a daily basis, you know, reporters. And so I think that resonates with people. So superstar. My parents and aunts and uncles remember him. He can sell Auburn. He's got a great personality. He's not super, super outgoing. I mean, he's not the guy that's lighting up the room or, or starting the conversation. Mm-hmm. But when we, when Jeffrey and I would work at Auburn out in the, the lobby, you'd kind of have to pull him over, right? He wouldn't just come over. You'd bring him over, then he'd start slow, and then next thing you know, he's telling you stories and he's opening up and he's the most engaging guy you'll ever want to meet. Mm-hmm. So, yes, well put. you put all that together, and they understand the mis- missteps that have been made in the past. So they immediately got him on the phone with all the top commits, or excuse me, all the commits, all the top priorities, uh, anybody else that they could talk to per NCA rules, parents, everything, to immediately begin the selling job, the, the sales job of this is Auburn. Mm-hmm. That was smart. And if the new head coach is smart, and, and you hope he will be, he'll do a lot of the things that Cadillac Williams has done this week, quite frankly. Yeah, that, we, that's sort of what we've been missing in year one with Ryan Harson. I think it got better in year two, uh, but not enough to, you know, not enough to really make a dent. You know, by then kids already sort of have an idea what they want to do. So, but now I think we've seen a lot of positives this week in Cadillac. Uh, yeah. And and another one was he, he got on the phone with 2024 Edge Four Star Edge outside linebacker Sterling Dixon from Mobile Christian, who's going to announce. We talk about Rock Bellantoni and the, and the factor that he is for many of these recruits. Sterling Dixon told me Rock Bellantoni and Christian Robinson was yep. Auburn's recruiting him for that outside linebacker slash edge guy. And so both of those guys. So Sterling Dixon, who who loves Auburn, man, I, I don't, I don't want to – I need to emphasize that, man. He loves Auburn. He always has loved Auburn. And he is absolute – top priority for Auburn in that 2024 class. He said he's going to make his decision in early December. Alabama, obviously the biggest competitor there, but Cadillac got him on the phone with Zach Etheridge, with Rock Bellantoni, with Christian Robinson, and he's going to try to make it up for the A&M game. Definitely somebody, I know he's a 2024 guy, but he's going to be deciding soon, and he is a top and an elite 
an elite player. I think LSU is another one to watch with him too, Jeff. There you go, LSU, yeah. LSU. Talking about Lack, I actually talked to a contact with regard to his recruiting pitch. And this is how they described him to me. And, and you guys tell me, because you've obviously had more interaction. But it was socially cautious, but genuine. And oh, yeah. it, it yeah. resonates when he talks to kids how genuine he really is and how much he cares. That's perfect, to, uh, I think, to describe him. It's almost like when you talk to him, you know, he's not just a guy that's going to talk. He, he's going to think about what he's saying, and, and, he's, mm-hmm. and he's real. Uh, he's honest and genuine about it. I mean, you can just tell when you talk to somebody that, they've uh you know that loves auburn and and he's he honestly does and i mean i don't think you know i think he just that resonates with the recruits right now too just in the situation right yeah, he's got a life outside of football too in much the, the same sense that t will did mm-hmm. yeah right he's got a family right yep. um, sure he remember he won that card tournament that poker tournament or something down in tampa right huh. Over the summer. Yeah. he said he's out and about doing things in fact that this is the kind of guy he is. So a lot of head coaches – now, obviously he wasn't a head coach at the time I'm telling this story, but a lot of head coaches, they're such good guys as assistants, and then they become head coaches, and all of a sudden I think they change. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make any names, but some of these guys change. It's like, okay, I went from making six hundred grand a year to $6 million a year, so I must be really smart. I must be different. I must be special. Look what they're paying me. I don't get the sense that he'd be one of those guys, but factor in the summer after this whole thing where he won that poker tournament in Tampa – or whatever he won down there. I was talking to him, and I said, you know, I moved down to Tampa, Cadillac, and you're still a star down there, man. Can I borrow you? Next time you're down here, can we go out? Can we go hang out? I need the cred, man. I need the credibility of being able to tell people I know Cadillac. And he was just rolling with the punch. He was just laughing about it. But that's that's who he is. That's a, It's a stupid story, obviously, but it shows that he's approachable, that you can mm-hmm. make jokes with him, to him, about yourself, about him. Humble approachable, likable, personable, has a life, okay? He's uh, Yes, football is very important to him. And let me, let me, I'm not saying that it isn't, but you have to have that balance and he illustrates that. You know, I think sometimes coaches try too hard to tell the world that all they do is work. Mm-hmm. Right? All they do is work. And, uh, uh, you know, it's become this whole thing where coaches say, I never even see my families. Well, Jeffrey and I have worked over in that building at Auburn for years and years and years. A lot of those guys see their families more than we do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Families are coming in and out of that building all the time. So it sort of perpetuates this whole idea that they're outworking everybody. They work incredibly hard. And during the season, they work even harder than incredibly hard. But Cadillac, has that, I feel like, is a guy that has that balance. And that's what, I think that's an important thing for kids to see. So at, at a Big Cat weekend, he's not going to be just talking ball. He's going to be talking life, yeah. uh, whether he's there or not. I feel like he would be a guy that would still care about the guys he's recruiting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a coach tell me recently, I, I'm going on and on, but I had a, an SEC coordinator tell me recently, they said, you know, your kid, the, the kids on your team, they don't have to like you or love you, but they have to know you care. Yeah. They have to know you care. And I don't think anybody would ever say Cadillac Williams is a guy that doesn't care. Okay? No, definitely cares, not. Right? He yep. cares about people. He cares about Auburn. He cares about <laughs> his coworkers. He's, that's who he is. Well put. Yeah, and, and Jeffrey, on that note, on, on him calling Sterling Dixon and, and sort of, you know, letting him know what's going on. And I, from the note I put on the board last night, I'm understanding he's calling all kinds of guys right now. Guys that it seemed like Auburn may have been out of the picture with. And, and my, the sources I've talked to said, look, I mean, the way that he's feeling things out and he understands people so well, he, he knows who's maybe still available. That, that we didn't think was. And he's got sort of a different take on things. And, and maybe that can get Auburn back in the game with some of these guys. We'll see. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting moving forward. And it's also, I mean, this is his thing right up until this early signing period. I mean, right? Well, right up until a new coach is announced. It's his thing, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I point out one other thing? You know who else, you, this is based on what Cole just said. You know who else likes the pattern that High school coaches like Cal. Oh, yeah. They do. They, they do. respect the hell out of him for what he did on the field as a player and as a teammate, and now they know him as a person and they respect that too. Well, those guys are often, especially in Georgia and in Alabama, those coaches are often gatekeepers to the recruits, right? Yeah, they don't, 100%. If they don't like you, hint, hint, if they don't like you or think you give a crap about them, they probably ain't gonna, they're probably not going to go out of their way for you. Right? I agree with that. 
Well, I don't think anybody truly believes Cadillac is up to replace Harson. No. No, no. Uh, I think the best he can hope for, best all fans can hope for, is that he's retained. And you look at some of these guys on the staff, man, and I can make a case for yeah. several of them. I would like to see what they could do at Auburn under a new leadership. Yeah. It's like, man, Rock Bell and Tony. And Keith knows yeah. this and, and preaches this more than anybody. The new guy is going to want his guys in there, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you know what? They might even be better. I don't know. But, man – It'll be a big it'll be a big loss for a lot of these recruits. Rock Bell and Tony's not there. Cadillac Williams is not there. I mean Cadillac's still gotta get Jeremiah Cobb back on board. Not that he's not off off board, but he's certainly looking around. Uh, we haven't even talked you know, Janoris Wilson decommitted. Auburn's still gonna be on him. I think that is is Cadillac not his area recruiter, Keith? I, I think he yeah, he he technically you know what, Lakeland's a little different than Tampa. It's it's in that next county over, so it could be the central Florida guy. Uh, he knows Cadillac, but I, I don't – I'm not quite sure. Cadillac is, is, is Clay Whedon's lead recruiter. Yeah, it's just the next county over. So okay. Yeah, it, a lot of it counties, yeah. and they do it, from what I can tell, a little bit differently than you know, the way it has been done. I don't know if they're going to change that up at all. Yeah. I don't think they will, but, you know. But I know Joe Bernardi, who is now filling in for Brad Bedell at the tight end spot, he is – hell, he's been active. He's been more active than – Will friend, as far as I, my, my research tells me, I, I mean, it, it's and true. I, and that it's might, that might have been how Brian Harson had things laid out. That these coaches were there to coach, and these analysts and assistants and GAs were there to recruit and make contacts and communications. And Cadillacs kind of stepped in and said, "No." Yeah, I, I like a lot of these assistants too, Jeffrey, and think they're good. The question is, is the new coach when they get there? And look, this was not a pleasant. 10 months for Auburn football and a new coach may want to wash this. I always use the term, wash the stink off. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean individually. Some of these guys aren't excellent. Obviously they are, they wouldn't be there, but you just don't know. And, and the minute you start trying to dictate to a head coach, a new head coach, Hey, we think you should keep this guy. That guy, that coach may say, well, I don't want any part of this. This is what, this is what everybody always says is the downside of working at Auburn. Anyway, the meddling, but what you can do is you can say, listen, can you give these guys a fair look? You've got a couple guys, two, three, four guys. We, they've just, you know, they love it here. We love, they're good people. They'll do anything for you. They'll do anything for Robert when you give them a look. And I'm sure a new coach will do that. But ultimately, we've, we've just seen it. They all want their own people. They, well, they want people that are loyal to them, right? I mean, you don't want anybody that, that's going to tote the torch of the previous regime. That's right. You want people that are completely bought into your program and, you know, the systems that you're trying to put into place, your philosophy, everything. And some of these guys may be able to do that. You're right. So when this new coach gets on campus, how these guys operate in recruiting, how they work in and out with the players that are on the team, they're going to be observed on all this. You know what I mean? This is going to be something that the new coach is going to take in. And whether or not some of these guys mesh with what they're looking for, you know what I mean? I have no doubt you're going to get the effort from the coaches that are in place right now. And so then it'll just be up to them to sell themselves. Think back to when Gus Malzahn left, and the and the, the guys that were, you know people were pulling were pulling for to be retained. And Travis Williams seems like the most obvious. Now Harson was a different animal, man. He he, he was different. This is a true story. Travis Travis Williams' retention interview was conducted by Jeff Schmetting, yeah, the guy who took his job. Awkward. Well, right. Jeffrey, you're bringing up a great point. The way that Travis Williams was treated or his, his situation was handled, okay, so this is a sign of dysfunction. There was a recruit out there that they were recruiting that would talk to Travis, and this, is, this isn't, I mean, the kid told us this, this, we know this. He would talk to Travis Williams at parts of the day, and then he would talk to people on the new, the new coaches other parts of the day, and he didn't think that they'd, coordinated so the kid was getting it from two different ends and then his family f- loved travis williams mm-hmm. and they felt like travis williams was getting strung along the whole time and they could sense that and they went another direction yeah they if you're going to treat him that way that's right they didn't trust that they didn't trust brian harson there and it ended up costing him a recruit that uh, 
I think has become a pretty good player at another SEC school. So sure has. It's it, it's it's tricky now. And I, and I, yeah, I know who it is. I'm, I don't want to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going to get into that. But I know who you're talking about too, Chief. But yeah, yeah. But you know, um, it's and by the way, that's not to be overly critical of Brian Harson. That's just this casualty of the situation. Right. It's tricky. You know, you got a, you got guys that were there. You got your guys. You're you know, but you got you better, and, and the new staff is going to go through the same thing. But you better have some coordination when it comes to recruiting. You can't have you know coming at guys from different angles that aren't coordinating the attack. So, um, but yeah, it's tricky. I mean, who who would who are you going to keep? Who are you not going to keep? I mean, you know, it might not even be. Sometimes they get rid of a coach, an assistant coach that's the best guy, but the head coach is guy that he really trusts. The one guy just happens to coach that position. And that, by the way, that goes for off the field people too. You know, Harson brought in Brad LaRonda, um, a new guy. Uh, Lane Kiffin has a GM, Austin Thomas, I believe is his name, and yeah. a guy that's had a lot of success. And so we don't know whether he'd come with them or not. I, I, I think he might have just got to Ole Miss this year. But Lane Kiffin, if you hire any school that hires Lane Kiffin, they may have a Drew Fabianich already there. And Lane Kiffin may say, hey, look, I get it. He's great. Guess what? I don't care. I got my own guy. I trust my guy. He knows my system. He knows my grading system. He knows everything I do. Those are the things we don't do. Don't Hey, if that's your maid, Jay Head, can you ask her what kind of deal she has? Why did you presume that it's a she? Mm. Well, that's true. Ooh. <laughs> Easy to Sick burn. Look at Keith's face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, we don't know who it's going to be, but we... Have some names. Justin Hoganson, Auburn Live on 3, come out with his hot, coaching hot board 4.0 this morning. Had a new guy, a new name added there. Jay had kind of been waiting on this. Yep. Dan Lanning from Oregon. And looks like Dan, Dan Lanning, Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders, Hugh Freeze. To me, those are your four main ones. Yep. Would that be fair, Jay had you, you put up a top five on the corner this morning, and you had... As your number five, Joe Witt Jr. Joe Witt Jr. Ooh, I like that. A guy that knows Auburn, a guy that's extremely dynamic, that has been, I guess, more or less at uh, finishing school in the NFL for the better part of the last 15 years. Um, and a guy that has coached in college. He was Bobby Petrino's ace recruiter and recruiting coordinator at Louisville in the early 2000s. And if Jeff remembers this correctly, won a recruitment for a Dequan Peanut Whitehead. Oh, from West End High School in Birmingham. You got it. Um, but he is just – Joe is an absolute dynamic guy. He's an Auburn guy. He's a guy that understands the state of Alabama. Grew up in Auburn. Yeah, could build a fantastic staff. And I've been told he is definitely going to get an interview and somebody that is coming up – I mean, this – you know, starting to establish himself as somebody that's a real candidate. And part of that is my contact feel like that this AD, the infatuation he had with Joe Judge and kind of him being a position, being able to sell Joe Witt Jr. is an easy sell when you're talking about doing something dynamic. So that rounds out my top five along with the other four candidates. And I'm sure we can get into each one of those other four that uh, – that what they would bring to the table from a recruiting standpoint. I think that should be the concentration of this show is how would these guys be as recruiters at Auburn. Here's a question. If you hire Joe Witt, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, he works for the Dallas Cowboys, right? That's correct. And their uh, they're former, oh, yeah. the former scout, Drew Fabianich, yeah. <laughs> was the GM at Auburn. That could be interesting. Hey, uh, Drew, you want your old office back? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I, I think that'd probably be negotiated differently there, Keith. <laughs> That's my guess. You know, Joe Witt Jr., here's the other thing. His dad is still around Auburn all the time, right? Yes. Very popular. He, I don't know how many high school coaches he knows in Alabama these days because he's an older guy, but I bet he knows a lot of their daddies. Oh, yeah. You know Allie, what I mean? He was good. To have guys like that around. You know, I, I like having that wisdom. If you hire Lane Kiffin, if you hire Joe Witt Jr., you're going to have Joe Witt around. Okay, can't can't put a price tag on that. You hire Lane Kiffin, you're basically getting a free analyst out of Monty Kiffin, his dad, former yeah. Nebraska. Was his dad ever? He was head coach at NC State, I think, at one time. Nebraska, NC State, DC, but, Tampa Bay yeah. Bucks, DC. You know, so you're going to benefit. <laughs> it's kind of interesting to see. I need to look up to see who Dan Lanning's if he, his dad has any coaching experience. But Dan Lanning's a cool guy, a cool name to add because 
And if you're Auburn, you know, the buyout's enormous for him, right, at Oregon. But it, it, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're Auburn, I get. are you guys getting the feeling that Auburn's going to go get who it wants and they don't care how much it costs right now? Listen, uh, listen. I'm getting the feeling, man. Hey, listen, this is, Auburn's, this is Auburn's opportunity. Alabama was in the same situation back in the early 2000s, right? They went through four coaches in eight years. Yeah, because you transitioned from Stallings to uh, DuBose, DuBose to Mike Price for five seconds and a trip to Sammy's. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> then you had Mike Shula. And then, and then Alabama said, F this, dude. Yep. We're going all in. Yep. We're changing the trajectory of our program back to where it was supposed to be. We're going right. to do whatever it takes to get our man for the long haul. And they Auburn has a mistake in hiring Rich Rodriguez. They had a deal with Rich. Yeah. Sure did. Sure did. Jim Levitt also maybe potentially offered that job. At one was that time. South Florida guy? He interviewed. I don't think he was offered the job. Something happened where he, he was yeah. the at one time. Okay. I think he when might, they might have crushed it there too, by the way. But uh, yeah, they, they, you're right, Jeffrey. All in. We're going to get our guy, period. End of story. So Auburn, just first of all, we don't know who their guy is. Right. To identify who that guy is, uh, an extra $5 million, $10 million on a buyout, it may make you money in the long term anyway. So you, that's what you're thinking about. It's a long-term investment. You know? It's, it's long term. And I will say this. I think there is going to become a point where you're going to have to sell one of these guys. Because if you're going to go get Kiffin or if you're going to go get Lanning, you're going to have to make a financial commitment. And I'm talking about a financial commitment in the way that Texas A&M has made a financial commitment to Jimbo in the way that, you know, Alabama has made a commitment to Saban, that Georgia has made a commitment to Kirby. Clemson to Dabo. <laughs> Clemson to Dabo. So if you get in a situation where you don't like that coach, guess what? It doesn't matter. You're stuck with it. So there needs to be complete buy-in on this situation if you leverage that kind of money. Yeah, it's almost like putting a franchise tag on it. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's exactly it. You are putting your mark on it. But I agree, guys. I think that they – look, let's look at how the AD search unfolded. Okay, the names that were coming out of that AD search were like group of five ADs, right? Yep. And then we find out that not only did we get John Cohen, but that they were talking to Hunter Urasek at Arkansas. I'm told they were also talking to Dan Radakovich at Miami. They were talking to some hitters. It wasn't the little leagues, okay? Well, did, didn't we say all along that we it was just there was too much smoke around one candidate? It didn't seem organic. It didn't seem you know. I thought Jay had said it perfectly back during that search. If it was going to be John Hartwell, why wasn't it John Hartwell? Right? Point. For so long, it was John Hartwell. And it was like the only true name, legit name, that kind of moved the needle for anybody, right? right. And it wasn't. And it kept being, you know, somebody, you know, it just never became John Hartwell. And it's like, maybe it's not John Hartwell. Because if it was John Hartwell, it would have been John Hartwell. That's right. They, they would have vetted him and had that done early and quick. Is it possible that more news comes out on a candidate when they actively want the job uh, as opposed to somebody who's being talked to behind the scenes who you don't know that you can't gauge the interest of whatsoever? Absolutely, because like Keith has said multiple times, these guys are very secretive about this. They don't want it to sour the relationship they have with their present school, not by any means. So this information doesn't come out until, you know, after this is long over. And now – oh, sorry. No, you're okay. I didn't hear Dan Radakovich's name until yesterday. You know what I mean? I didn't hear – we didn't hear Hunter Yurisek until at least a day after the news broke on John Cole. Well, and now we know that it didn't matter if Hartwell's name got out. Yeah. Right. Was <laughs> I mean, that, as, Jay, as Jay Head likes to say, he was the red herring. Yeah. He yeah. was absolutely – and you're going to have those in every search. And I guarantee you on my list, I got a red herring on there right now that – they want you to think that they're interested in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What I will tell you is, is that I know is that there's communication between the president, the athletic director, and influential people that are around the program. And they want to know, give me five names that you love or can live with. Okay? And we've got our list, too. And we're going to vet all this out, and we're going to come to a decision that who's number one, and we're going all in. All right. And if that doesn't work, we're going to move our way down the board. But right now, I differing to, you know, and look, I respect Brandon Marcello 100 percent. But I don't think they're as far down the road with Lane Kiffin as he's made it appear to be at this point. I think they are still deciding who the number one target is on their board. Now, all these people are on the board, but I don't think they've decided yet who they're going to go all in on just yet. I think they're still vetting some things and figuring some things out and having conversations behind the scenes of, who do we want to make this sizable financial commitment to? Mm, mm, mm. I actually think that, and this is just my opinion, uh, mm-hmm. that the February, you know, investigation, all of that, sort of held back uh, maybe a couple candidates who were interested at the time, and then looks like the, the rug was pulled out from under them because they thought there was going to be a vacancy at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, you know months later they're like okay well i've moved on you know it might hurt them with a couple candidates if it's just my opinion i I think that could be something that happened if there were guys that were interested and now they're like oh you know well i'll give it some thought but i kind of moved on from that i'm I'm on other things here you know i think justin mentioned this but uh back in february if that had succeeded it's Mm -hmm. my opinion that jeff grimes will be your coach right now jeff grimes and or uh, Charles Kelly. Yeah. Oh, heard, okay. I heard, I heard it was going to be Charles Kelly, but you know, who knows? I, I think it could have been. Either oh, really? One. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I heard it could have been either one of the two, but those were the two names that were definitely. And and look, think about head coaches at that point. You're already beyond signing classes. It's really hard for them to have told kids five minutes ago, like, "Hey, I'm going to be here, and now you've signed this class, and I'm going to walk away." So anybody that's an active head coach, um, that would have been a really hard pull. But assistants, and and those are two assistants that know the landscape at Auburn for sure, I can see where that would have been the situation. Now, we don't know anything for definite because we never got into that situation, but I'm with Keith. I think it could have been either one of those two for sure. Which probably would have been a little bit better received at the time. Now, not so much. No, and look. The landscape has changed some, and I don't care what Reese Davis says, and I don't care what, you know what I mean, ESPN's, you know, ace reporter's saying right now, okay? This situation, you know, everything has been purged, okay? You've got a brand-new athletic director. You've got a president that's trying to run things the right way. You have alignment and commitment for the first time in a long time, all right? Now, look, we need some proof of concept here, all right, And, and whoever this next head coach needs to be, basically endorsed and, you know what I mean, and supported in a way that we haven't seen in a really long time as far as that's concerned. Because you think of the back half of Gus's tenure and then Mm. Harson's tenure, I don't know that he was ever able to get everyone on board as far as that's concerned. And whether that was his fault or a combination of, you know, it being Alan Green's choice or whatever happened there, it, it just all, it never meshed. Okay. It just never really meshed the way it should have for Auburn to be successful. And it's unfortunate that that happened, but it is what it is, and we've moved on now. And there's a clean slate. And you can tell by the candidates that are interested in this job or that Auburn's interested in that they feel like they're in it with some power players, okay? This isn't a, a, a poor man's list, okay? This is even better. Like, you remember the names that came out when we fired Gus? It was Billy Napier. You know what I mean? It was – the defensive coordinator at Clemson, Brent Venables. Oh, yeah. Brian Harson, Cristobal. None of those guys were power five sitting head coaches, right? Outside of Mario Cristobal. There was not one power five head coach that was interested. On this list, 
You got two for sure. You got a guy in Hugh Freeze who's been a Power Five head coach. So you, got um, you got Lanning. But again, yeah. I, think, I think the dynamic changed a year ago. I've mentioned this before. We used to never see guys jump from big program to another big program, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, Tuberville left Ole Miss for uh, for Auburn, but you know, his, you, I guess we could debate whether Ole Miss where it stands historically. But uh, but now you're seeing people say, if we, you know, after Brian Kelly and and uh, and some of these guys flip schools, I think you're seeing people say, hey, if I if we want a guy, we're gonna go, we're gonna go try to get him. We're gonna go try to get him because I think co- and I think coaches are realizing too. You don't have a long shelf life anywhere you're at. Brian Kelly was winning a lot of games at Notre Dame, but what, you're never really far removed from one bad season that can get you get you canned. Or you get say you the same for Lincoln go, Riley. Yeah, you go somewhere else and you kind of got a fresh couple of years. And by the way, Jayhead, we've seen basketball coaches do this for years. They get out before things go south, and those guys are always jumping around. Okay. <laughs> It's what they refer to in the coaching community as resetting the clock, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, and look, and I think Tuberville said this and has been quoted as this, as saying that, you know, every year at a Power 5 program, you lose a little bit of buy-in. You know what I mean? You, get, you usually get 100% commitment in year one, and then it goes down about 10% every year that you're there. And I believe that to be true, unless you're Nick Saban and you're winning national championships like every other season, okay? When you win at that clip, there's nothing that you can do that's wrong. But most coaches, that's not sustainable. I mean, look at Dabo at Clemson. You even have people questioning his recruiting. Mm-hmm. You have people questioning his decision-making. And he's won two national championships and put that program on a map in a way that they haven't been since they won a championship in the 80s. Yep. It's, you know, fans are fickle. It's also these idiot kids grow up and they won't <clears> – <throat> They want something else. Yeah. Well, now Heupel, he go, now here's a guy, Gus won in year one. Yeah. The anomaly, but Heupel winning big in year two has now got people thinking, do you really need more than two years? Now the pressure's on on all these guys that are first-year guys this year. They better do something next year. But, you know, it's crazy, but the amount Was of Tennessee's roster as depleted as Auburn's is? Not no. at all. No. Man. Pruitt did a good job stocking that roster and evaluating. He really did. I mean, Ronald McDonald got in there, recruiter of the year. Nobody could have predicted that Hendon Hooker would be what he became, based on what you saw at Virginia Tech. But, but, uh, again, just a skinny little kid that used to hang out at Auburn games with me in the end zone. Now he's going to win the Heisman. But, uh, uh, yeah, Auburn, you know, if Auburn – Let's see, who are some guys that wanted to go to Auburn? Uh, Lamar Jackson and Andrew. Oh, that changed the whole dynamic of, of Gus Malzahn's tenure at Auburn. Yeah, yeah, it did. But, you know, but here's the thing, you know, it's hard. It's easy to second guess once things happen. But, you know, with Heupel, um, that puts a lot more pressure on guys. But, you know, you have TV money now. you got money coming from all these directions. These buyouts, and everybody looks at the number of $15 million for Brian Harson. Man, if you're, it, it's nothing anymore. It's it's literally nothing to a school like Auburn, and it's, and that's not me being cavalier with somebody else's money. That's me looking at the TV contracts and and, and all the other income that's coming in, and the school just saying it's not working out. No problem. Let's he's out of here. No, because if the word's right, and when the SEC's new deal comes down, mm-hmm. you're talking eighty million dollars a season, and potentially as high as a hundred million dollars a season in TV revenue alone. alone. That's not counting what the, you know. I mean, the boom. If you get the coaching hire right at Auburn, and what game day is going to bring in from ticket sales to memorabilia to everything else that happens, you know, endowments start to grow. It, it's just you know, look, football is the front door to any university, and it is an absolute cash cow. And I'm with Keith. I'm with Jeffrey. I'm with Cole. Money is meaningless. It's paper. Okay, at this point. They are. They have more than enough money now. You don't want to be stupid with it. You don't want to be. You don't. You don't want to waste it. Which is why there's so much probably consternation with regard to who the next head coach is going to be. You want to get it right. You know what I mean? Or as Justin put it, you don't want it to be a failure. You want it to be somebody that can get several years down the road and get Auburn back to a successful level of football. Mm. And by the way, guys, looks like uh, our Oregon site at On Three has. <laughs> Caught wind of the Dan Lanning um, <laughs> Auburn connection there, so 
they're having fun with that today. Might be good. I think someone cross posted it onto our board. Might be fun to go check out. Mm. Well, they think he's. They think he's gone. Sounds like they are in a little bit of a, you know, tizzy. You, about yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> he's our coach. You're not going to get him. Oh, here's a here's a quote. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot about this that isn't really ideal. <laughs> Not 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 safe for the airways. Not, not a great feeling over there. We've already been through this before, obviously. But when Willie Taggart left, it probably ended up being a good thing for them. So you know, yeah, I mean, yeah right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, gosh, could you imagine? They just had they had Chip Kelly, then mm-hmm. they had who was next? Willie Taggart was he? After no, him? they had the guy in between. Hel- who's oh, Helfrich. Uh, Helfrich. No. Yeah. Hel- Mark Helfrich. Helfrich. Shit, uh, I don't even remember him. Yeah, Helfrich. Yeah. Then Taggart's. Three, Cristobal's four, yep. five. This would yeah, be Cristobal. six coaches. This would be six coaches in about. And don't forget, Cristobal, him and Levitt were Jim Levitt were assistants on the staff at the time, and one of them was going to get the job, and the other one wasn't, mm-hmm. and they didn't like each other apparently. And the one guy that got it had to keep was told he had to keep the other guy, and then that didn't work out. But uh, but yeah, it's an interesting mm-hmm. situation there. Hey, look, it's Oregon's. It, they got all the facilities in the world. They got a ton of money. They got uh, NIL opportunities. It's a great college town. Jeffrey, you'll appreciate this. It's where they filmed Animal House, so you know you know people know how to how to bro down there, and it's <laughs> it's a great town, okay? But but you know how hard it is to get kids to visit Oregon. First of all, you it's a good sized city, half million people. You know they've got a decent sized airport, but man. Suppose you want to, you love this kid in Atlanta and you want him to go to Oregon. I mean, Bo Nix was a unique situation. But they don't have this great – it takes work for them to get – just to visit there, just to get kids to visit. It takes it, work. Dan Lanning's probably saying, gee, at Auburn, man, I mean, 90 minutes from Atlanta, two hours from Birmingham, 45 minutes from Montgomery, three hours to, to Mobile, Mississippi right there, Tennessee right there, which is an emerging recruiting state, mm-hmm. South <coughs> Florida, you know. And is it Eugene? That. Yeah. Eugene, Oregon, that what it is? Yeah. Great town, but, I mean, it's you know we're, it's hard. I mean, they've got to get kids from Texas, from California. Uh, there's good kids in Seattle, but, you know, they got to yeah. recruit against the University of Washington for them. And, you know, it's – Arizona's got good players, but uh, – Las Vegas got a handful. The second-best state for talent on the West Coast. Uh, and, if, and if they get their situation right at Arizona State, then that limits you even further down there. If you're Oregon, so it's a monumental challenge. It's amazing what they've done, quite frankly. You think about, Keith, you bring up a good point. The, the Auburn's got three huge factors working for it in attracting a coach, a top-tier coach. You've got the recruiting area. Mm-hmm. You've got the NIL. You've mm-hmm. got the football-only facility. It is Which, everything lining up just to have welcome. I mean, there, there, there's got to be a lot of high interest in this job. And that, don't think that NIL number hasn't trickled out for a reason. Facility, I, we haven't talked as much about that facility, but when I talked to the, the coaches in, in the state of Alabama, I mean, all of them brought it up like, man, I mean, even a coach would look at that and go, I would like to join that. I mean, look at yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I'm told top five facility in the country may be number one by impartial people. Okay, yeah. maybe number one. Uh, you know, uh, it's – they're in a good. They're in a good spot. They're in a great spot right now. And and uh, here's another. Don't, we can't ever underestimate this. Whoever they hire now, Auburn's damaged. You're riding in on a white horse, man. Yeah. You are. This is not replacing Nick Saban or Steve Spurrier or, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of some other winning. Lou Holtz. Yeah. This is this is replacing Brian Harson. They're gonna love you. They're gonna, you know. And 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 I tell you what, if I'm the new guy, I actually. I I may I always say you should take the high road. Oh, we're going to work with what we have. I think a new guy should come in and say they didn't leave us with much. Be no. nice. Yeah. yeah. And I think fans might actually like that this time. They actually want to hear that Brian Harson was worse. <laughs> the piling on on this poor guy. <laughs> it's, you know, he brought on, brought it on a lot himself. But you're going to be coming in. You're going to be that that savior. And they know that. And they also mm. they also know as great as Nick Saban's been. And I mean the guy's the best ever. Right. Okay. Can't coach forever, all right? And, and in the SEC East, guess what's going on, guys? 
Georgia was just getting everybody they wanted from Miami up to, to Charlotte. Well, now Tennessee's starting to get some of those guys. And if and Billy Napier's starting to get a, a few of those guys. And if FSU can get it right, they're going to get some of those guys. And that's all going to pick at Georgia. So that for them to be dominant in the long haul could be difficult. Uh, the timing might be perfect to go to Auburn. Maybe that's, Absolutely. maybe that's wishful thinking. I don't know. But NIL money, new facility. You're, you've got nowhere to go but up. You've got boosters that want to help you out. You've got uh, so many things working in your favor. You know what I mean? At least, that's, at least that's what it appears to me. Yeah. And, and think about the success that Gus had at Auburn by comparison to what Coach Harson has been able to have at Auburn. Look, we can say anything we want about Gus. He, he obviously did not win the amount of games that he needed, nor did he recruit enough offensive tackles to stay at Auburn. Okay. Any. <laughs> but he went to a national championship. He played for two SEC championships. In his last season at Auburn, in an all-SEC schedule, all-SEC, he went 6-4. and four. All right? The season before that, he went 9-3. and three. He had success at Auburn and more success than the previous coach. So now, or the, now this most recent coach. Now the person coming in, Keith's right, this, this person didn't really have success at all. I mean, the height of their success was going to the Birmingham Bowl. Right, being, being close, yeah, on a lot of games last year. Being close, but yeah. you know, as we've always said on this show, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and slow dancing, brother. You know what I mean? So first yeah. dates. There you go. So close doesn't get it done, and the person that comes in can message this properly, and I think that's what you guys are saying. Messaging is key. Utilizing the local press and the national press to say, "Hey, guys, this is a rebuild. Buy in. We know what we're doing." We're going to do it right. We're going to do it quick, but we're going to do it right. But you got to bear with us, and we need everybody to do that. Jay, head, you know how much, how big this Auburn job is, this opening? Auburn has, on a week when Tennessee, you know, I'm in the Auburn bubble. I get it. Mm -hmm. But on a week that Tennessee is playing Georgia and both teams are in the top three, Auburn's stolen the headlines. Absolutely. It reset the market. We the power of Auburn, okay? That's what people were talking about. And I, had, I saw a tweet the other day. Somebody said, Boy, the SEC must be pissed off at Auburn. It's stealing all this attention away from this marquee matchup. Well, first of all, who cares? Too bad. But, but no, that's, Auburn is the talk of college football right now. Right Now, it's not going to last the whole four weeks of this search or whatever. Yeah. It will be yeah. four weeks. But for a week with this big monumental game going on, and by the way, Alabama playing LSU too, yeah. everybody's talking about Auburn. Yep. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It shows you that the interest there. Auburn's one of those programs, and there's, there's about a dozen of them, I'd say, where it's not just the people, the fans of that base that follow them. It's the people that hate that school follow them real closely, too. You can't say that about every school. Texas is one. We always want to know what's going on at Texas. Uh, Notre Dame's one. Bama's one. Um, I, I don't want to say which ones aren't there, but there, there are big ones that you don't. Do we really follow Oklahoma that closely if you're not in Oklahoma or Texas? No. I but, don't. But people – are following Auburn now? Maybe in Oklahoma they're not following Auburn, so that works in reverse. But it's a it's a position people are talking about from L.A. to Miami. They know that it's a gold mine. They do. Mm. And I thought, and it, it, like parting shot, and I think we probably need to to wrap the show up. But I think there have only been ten or eleven teams that have won national championships in the last twenty years. Auburn is one of those. It's yeah. Auburn, Tennessee. Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Clemson, Florida, Oklahoma, and Texas and USC. I think that's your your ten. Damn. Well, well you can, you can another twenty years, and you're only adding a few more. Right. In state BYU, Georgia, Nebraska. Washington, in that fluky year. Uh, but there ain't, many, there ain't that many. No, but in the modern era. Those are your teams that have won national championships. That's where you can go to win an Addy. And that's why they, these coaches, because of the three reasons that you guys mentioned, proximity to talent, NIL dollars, which has changed everything, uh, buy-in, commitment. And by commitment, I mean that football facility. A raucous fan base, I mean, that will absolutely buy in and make Jordan-Hare one of the most difficult places to play. You have everything working in your favor. Now, yeah. You also got to play Alabama and Georgia every year. But if you're going to go to the national championship, you're going to have to play those teams anyway, right? They got to play you, too. Exactly. So you might as well do it 
in your conference and a fan base is completely bought in and has all those other factors working for it. And that's why we're the helmet job. We are the brand in this coaching search. We have reset the market, and that's why you see the interest that you see. I'll give you another stat before we go here. Well, I'll ask you guys, you know what? Can you name the year of Ole Miss's last SEC title without looking it up? 1957? 50, I would have said 60. Not that far back, guys. Who? Oh, 80. 63. I said 60s. Do you, do you know what? Do you know what? Well, I don't need to go there, but let's put it this way. The SEC was a little bit different in the early 1960s than it is today. Well, who was the quarterback? Was that the man? Uh, Archie was that Archie? Watt was the head coach. I mean, they had a hell of a program. Was that Archie, though? Oh, at 63? No, he was. Uh, he played at the same time that Sullivan played at, uh, at all. Dude, he didn't even win an SEC title? Oh, God. What, what, what's the big deal about him? Well, they were good. No, it, I, I think it was. He's the patriarch of a yeah, good he quarterback. Was program. Uh, he was, uh, you know, they just didn't have big numbers. They won a lot of games, but it wasn't. They didn't win an SEC title. I mean, you know, in the late 60s, Tennessee actually emerged as sort of a dominant team in the SEC for a few years. Tennessee and Auburn were probably the two best teams. Alabama was hanging around there. So, hmm. All right. But, so you're talking about 59 years since Ole Miss won an SEC title. Mm. People say, well, now the, <laughs> the dynamic a little different. Could, could you do more in this portal era? Of course, of course. And Ole Miss has been great the last few years. Very, very good program. Yep. Hey, uh, let's see. Let's end it with some how about you. Anybody's got any? Yeah, I got one. Not for somebody on this board, but I'm going to give a how about you to Mike Leach. All right. I don't know if you guys saw this quote that got out in the media, but they were asking Leach what they thought about, you know what I mean, how, what would be his sales pitch to a new athletic director to replace John Cohen? Now prepare yourself because this is Leach. It's a great place. It's not perfect. I definitely purge a few people, but that's better than most places. Damn! Could you imagine if Brian Hartson <laughs> said that about the Auburn AD position? Oh, man. So shout out to Mike Lee. All right. Completely honest, dude. Mike Lee. That, that is one press conference I, would, I will tune into. I got to know what he's going to say next. Oh, right. absolutely. Love it. Love it. Um. I got one, Jeffrey. All right. Smart football guy. Is there such a thing? There is such a thing. He is uh he may just be a guy that follows my, my stuff. He may not he may just be all about the football side, which Okay. That's my kind of guy. So All right. I don't have this many this week. Obviously we've been busy, but I have been keeping track. I got a, how about you, to the stereotypical Auburn fan, 575, not to be confused with 576. Stereotypical Auburn fan. Also, uh, at Duke OT, big how about you to him. And next year, for sure, one. <laughs> I like his optimism. Next year, for sure. Also, how about you to Granddaddy 28? Yeah. Granddaddy 28, man, great stuff. We've had a lot of stuff on the board, a lot of... Communication, a lot of, a lot of uh, opinions, a lot of intel, a lot of scoop, a lot of insight. We're going to keep that rolling at Auburn Live on 3. If you're not a member, now is the absolute perfect time to join. $25, cheaper than a half a tank of gas. Am I not going to get my, my how about you? Dude, you don't ever have how about you. Well, I, I got two this week. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, how about that? that? Oh, Elizabeth, it's time. This first, one, this first one's probably going to ruffle some feathers, but this, this guy makes me laugh all the time. Although, yes, I, I'm probably going to end up banning him. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, my kind of guy. Bobby Sweat. Bobby Sweat. Oh, Bobby. Yeah. And then also I just want to give a quick uh, shout-out to my sister. She's getting married this afternoon to her boyfriend of 30 years. Uh, oh, wow. They never wanted to get married. They'd both been married before, uh, but due to some unforeseen circumstances, they're they're adopting a couple kids. Awesome. Making oh, the process. Congratulations. So I want to congratulate my sister. I'm going to be going up to Hogtown, which is Gainesville. Call it Hogtown if you're from there. Uh, going up there later today uh, and spend tomorrow morning with my sister. So congratulations to Christine. Good, really Christine. Happy. Congratulations, Christine. Oh, love her, Jeff. She is Southern... I'm a city boy, so I, I, we're not from the same. She's a NASCAR race. She does. <laughs> Rides Harley's. She's. <laughs> nice. Love her. 
Yeah. Yeah. story when we get off here, Keith. Yeah. Well, congrats to Keith's sister. Yeah. Tell her the Auburn Live family congratulate her. Mm-hmm. Please do. Hey, if you're not signed up, if you're not a member of the Auburn Live family, now is your chance. $25 for a year. Coaching search special. We're going to have wall-to-wall coverage of the coaching search. There's still football left to be played. Cadillac Williams is leading this program and leading the charge on the field, off the field, in the recruiting lounge. Uh, the, the recruits will be here next week. Going to have a large contingent of top recruits. You don't want to miss it. Appreciate everybody listening in. We will be back Sunday night for the call-in show, Sunday night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. We will be ready for your calls and comments. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. For Keith, for Pink, for Jay head for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Liebman. Y'all stay out of the left lane. See ya. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.